First, I want to thank to thank our friends Carolyn Khan and David Levy again for the use of the house. It's not the first time, and Mr. Uh, Shemer won't be the last. Because Hashem, the house should be filled with simcha and chiyus and chesed and all refus yeshuas lano l'kol yisrael. And we should always hear good news from all of us. This is this is the uh, we'll have this what this year and then two weeks from now that will be the the uh, the list before the summer. So I want to finish the countries that we have. So on page U test, we're going to try to move quickly. On page U test, if you don't have it, and look on the summary that does. I'm hoping that somebody has it. Few no, few people have it. The Shemati Me'elachiyid. But Shimei says that he heard from an Elohiyid, from a God-fearing Jew, a very, very basic, important Yisait. It doesn't sound, when you first hear it, it doesn't sound like it's so important. Shimei says, Yisait, Otsum Venifla, a wondrous and a tremendous Yisait. But when you think about it, you realize, but it's something that, it's a little bit what I was talking about on Shabbos afternoon, this past Shabbos. It's very hard to put into writing. It's very hard to explain how this works. It's just it is. Shemakif that really includes in a very wonderful way all that we've been talking about about what we can do to make our homes, what we can do to make our homes filled with the shmirah for the children, our schools, that, that the children should be protected from from what's outside. And how to create that Tevas Noach, that Noach's Ark that we so desperately need these days. And it's for us also. Shemishu Machilonimis Vakechito. Rosimeh says that he spoke to this Elohim, he spoke to this God fearing Jew who told him that he was having a Vikuach, he was having a, a, a discussion, a debate with a Chiloni, with a certain non religious Jew. You know, in Eretz Israel, in Eretz Israel, a Chiloni, it's a certain type of a person. It doesn't only mean that he's not observant. In America, people are, people are often, are most likely, when someone's not religious in America, they're sort of apathetic. It doesn't really upset them this way or that. They, they don't. They don't particularly. They don't particularly uh, have anything against religion per se, or against religious people per se. It's just it fits strange and odd to them, and so on. Of course, it's much more complicated in Eretz Israel, where where uh, a religious Jew is not something which is strange or odd. They're they're at odds with each other in Eretz Israel, and a Chiloni is not someone that just uh, doesn't care in Eretz Israel. Everybody cares. That's one thing about Eretz Israel. Everybody cares in Eretz Israel. And and this El was having a vikuach with a certain chiloni, with a non-religious person. So this non-religious Jew, this chiloni, said that at least we have oilam hazel. At least you know we're enjoying this world. The chiloni, the non-religious person, said at least this world we're enjoying. Like you know, you guys, you guys don't even have any pleasure at all in this world. Meaning, meaning us, the religious Jews. We don't have any. We don't have anything in this world. Now, it seems like the obvious answer, but to really, really feel this and believe this is not simple. And the whole tachlis of all that we're learning is that our children should feel this and that we should feel this. So what did the Elochid? What did the Elochid? When someone says something like that to you, when someone says, when someone says to you, what do you have? We have, we have, at least we enjoy things. At least we have pleasure. We have fun. We have, we have enjoyment in this world. 
this is what the told him. The pleasure that I have when I say on Shabbos, Nishmas, that part of the davening Nishmas, Nishmas Kolchai, which is so, so beautiful. That, that take, if you take a look at it, right? that if my mouth would be filled with a song, like the ocean, and so on. It's the most beautiful, beautiful outpouring of love, Tasha. So this Elohid, this God-fearing Jew said that the, the Tanug, the, the delight, the pleasure that I have when I say Nishmas, you'll never have that. You've never had that in your life. You might, God forbid, never have that in your life. Can you imagine how a children, wouldn't that be a wonderful thing, how children feel that way? Wouldn't it be wonderful we felt that way? How often we feel in shul that when we have to say Nishmas, so we have to say Nishmas is long. A lot of the men don't even show up until after Nishmas, I hate to say. But what happens if a person... That, that that a person should be able to feel that we should be able to feel the pleasure, the delight of Nishmas, like one of the tzaddikim said. In the, there was one of the, I forgot which rabbi it was. There was you know that on Yantiv, the, the the there's a discussion in the Gemara how are we supposed to celebrate Yantiv? It's supposed to be kulu lachem or kulu lachem, chatzil lachem, chatzil lachem. So the conclusion is that part every every Yantiv is part from. I mean the Yom Tov Shulis is a little bit different, but every Yantiv it's chatzil lachem and chatzil lachem, right? Chatzil Hashem means part of the day is supposed to be devoted to godly things, to God. It's for God's sake, which means, which means davening and learning. And Chatzil Hashem, but Hashem wants us that on Yom Tov we should have also eating and sleeping and relaxing. Right? We all like that. So there was a Chassid Shehid. The question is which part do we like best? There was a Chassid There was a not Chassid There was a Rebbe. I forgot which Rebbe it was. There was a Tzaddik. That that when he finished when he finished davening in the morning in the morning it was probably ready in the afternoon when he finished davening he says no boch Hashem now I finished the chatsi lachem now I finished the part that I enjoy now I have to go eat and you know and do the things that's Hashem that's Hashem sake I, I don't really feel like eating you know when he it wasn't like it's a it's a cute thing to say it's a cute thing to say but for him davening was so delicious. That part of the day of davening, of the mikveh and davening was so delicious that he really felt that there's no greater pleasure on earth. That's, that, that's what I was talking a little bit about on Shabbos afternoon for those, for those who were there. What this Yid, what this El Chid, this God friend, you said, that the Tanu, the pleasure that I have when I say Nishmas, you might never have in your life that pleasure, that unbelievable delight and joy of saying on a Shabbos morning, of saying Nishmas. This in other words, it's something which is so clear and obvious. No one can disagree with this. He said to this person, to the, the religious guy, said to the non-religious guy, even if you would go up to the moon and you go all the way down everywhere in the world, you go to the French Riviera, you go to the Swiss Alps, you go to, you go to, I don't have big hasagas of this world, I don't really don't know, you know, besides a couple of places, you know, New Jersey and a few other places, I don't go anywhere. Just, just I go to a shul, I talk, and I, and I go back to the airport, I never really saw anything. But a person can go anywhere in the world. A person can go anywhere in the world. He said, he said to this Chiloni, no matter what, you can go on every, on every tour and everything in the world, go all over. If you go up to, if you go up to, to, to outer space and come back to earth, and, and, and um, you wouldn't have the pleasure that I have when I say one word of that part of Daven, you have Nishmas. One word of Nishmas. And the, and the religious person said, it's so obvious, it's Chaval, it's even Chaval, 
to, to, to talk about it. It's such an obvious thing. It seems chaval to waste time trying to prove it because there's nothing that can be proved. I, can, I can't prove it. He said, but then he said, not only, it's not only a word of nishmas, not only the pleasure that I have when I say a word of davening. He says, which I've spoken about many times, that that gishmak that a yid has, that, that a Jew, only a Shammah Shabbos Jew can know what that means on a Friday, on a Friday night when everything is, when after a whole, a whole week, and especially now of Shabbos, and especially when there's a lot of pressure, and it was difficult, and a million things were going on, you never thought it would be even possible to get to Shabbos. How would it be Shabbos? And somehow, somehow, no matter where you are on earth, it's Shabbos. And if you're fortunate to be by a Shabbos table, and to, especially if it's your Shabbos table, and to have a piece of, to have a piece of gefilte fish with some chrein, Again, I know that the Svadish don't have that custom, so they have sometimes fried fish or different things. But whatever it is, that's our minute. A person has a piece of gefilte fish with chrein. And, 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 and when you have that piece of fish and you put it with the chal into your mouth and you say, you say before you put it in the covered Shabbos Kaidish, that nobody in the world could have a hasaga. Now, when you, say that to, when you say that to a non-religious Jew, he might laugh and say, this, this guy's out of his mind. He thinks a piece of gefilte fish with horseradishes. You know, I, I, I have, in every single place I've gone on earth to visit, I have girlfriends, and I have cars, and I have yachts, and this Michigan is telling me about a piece of gefilte fish with chrein, which if I wanted to, I can have all the gefilte fish in the world, and all the chrein I want in the world, right? If we think that that's, a, if, if you and I, for a second, think that that's, that that's a, a good response by the non-religious person, and it would cause us to have a seconds, a second of hesitation at that. What's better, the gefilte fish on Friday night? Or the, or the guy with the yacht, with his, you know, with, with, with his loved one, someplace uh, sailing out into the open sea. If we have even a second's hesitation, it's because we're so unbelievably, unbelievably lost. And that's, and that's, and that's what the, the real, the real promise is what we were talking about the last, the last moves, that it's very hard for us to sell that to our children these days. You know, if you tell your son, you know, your kid wants to go out and see the world, and you say, "Well, somebody have you filter fish and chrein? What, 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 what are you upset about? He wants to go to a ball game. What's the matter with the filter fish? He wants to he wants to go, go out uh, exploring, finding his own place. You know, he wants to go to some college out, uh, you know, away from home, and to go and to see this and that. And you think, how could you possibly want to leave all of this? The reason that it was so partial to this Elohid and it's so partial to my father's Algazan Zayn that you can't even, that he laughs if you, would try, if you would tell him that there's something that's more delicious than a piece of gefilte fish on a Friday night or that there's something better than being, uh, being at the table with, with your family and to be able to close your eyes on a Friday night to sing Karib and Oil and what it means to be a Yid or the feeling of what it means on a Friday night after everything and you take out it and you look at, this, and you look at the parish a little bit and then your head touches the pillow Friday night it's a different pillow, it's a different head Everybody knows that. It's a different world. What does that mean, a Shabbos? What does it mean, Bechlal, to have a Jewish home? What does it mean to be able to, even, even the Tsaris, Hashem should protect us, but the Tsaris over our children being Yidin and, and growing up the right way. But that even in the problems that we have, there's a Tanlag, there's a pleasure because our lives are so filled with meaning and depth. And that's what he means. The taste of a gefilte fish, he says, so you can't explain that to anybody. Either, either you feel it, you know what it is, or, or, or else the entire world is the most tempting thing that could possibly be. And if the world is tempting us, if we feel if we feel drawn by the world, it's because somehow we've lost the taste of the gefilte fish and the chrein. And somehow we've lost that, that simple poshit geshmak in Yiddishkeit, which 
which with the whole, which this entire country says this entire little little booklet is about trying to trying to uh, trying to remind us about how important it is that in order for the children in order that there be a shmira for the children is what we were learning last week. In order for the children want to stay within the, within our ranks to be with us, they have to feel the gishmak of Yiddishkeit. And there's no word in English for Gishmak. How do you say what that means? To feel how there's no greater pleasure, there's no greater honor. That every simple Jew, every simple Jew of our grandparents, great-grandparents, that they felt that even when he was sitting, even when he was lying on the floor and being beaten by an anti-Semite, he still wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Because of the Gishmak of being a Yid. And if you would tell that to the anti-Semite, and the anti-Semite said, would you want to trade places with me? So, it's the craziest offer on earth. And that happened with the Klosenberg Rebbe when, when the Germans, Yimach Shalom, it's a famous thing, when they came to Klosenberg uh, and, and they took the Rebbe out, they took the Klosenberg out and the German and, and, the, uh, and the German commandant over there took the Rebbe out in the, in the middle of the square. There were people, many people that survived that saw this. And, and the, and the uh, not so many, but there were survivors that saw this. And the, um, and, the, and, the, and the commandant Asked, he said to the Rebbe in German, he said, so do you still think that you're the chosen people? You still think you're the, you're, you're the chosen people? And the Klosenberger said, Klosenberger said, yeah, 100%. And then the German got so angry, he took the back of his rifle, he smashed the Rebbe's face, all of the Klosenberger's teeth fell out, and the Rebbe was on the floor covered with blood. And the German picked him up and said, no, Herr Rebbe, Halberstam, do you still think that you're the chosen people? So the Klosenberger said, the Klosenberger said, as long as we're the ones who get hit and never hit anybody else, we're the chosen people. Can a guy understand that that is? A guy can't understand what that means. That a Jew would say with, with, with his teeth blown out and his face covered with blood, that we're the chosen people. Under those circumstances, it's because it was so pushy to him. That it's geschmack to be a yid, even if it means getting beaten, even if it means losing your life, it's geschmack. Because there's nothing that could equal being a Jew. And the, the simple tonic, the joy and the pleasure of saying, Maida'ani. Of Maida'ani, and the Maida'ani doesn't have to have 15 charts in the room, you know, with pictures. And the Negevasa doesn't have, you don't have to have all kinds of different kunsim to get the kid to watch Negevasa. That the, the, the Klosenberger Rebbe, when he was in concentration camp and they had, they found a little bit of water, he didn't drink it, he washed his hands with it. But we don't understand what that means. That's the, the, the geschmack to be a yid. And this, this, that's what he said, this elech yid, when he was talking, when he had this conversation with a non-religious person. So I'm sure that the non-religious person walked away laughing at him, that he's out of his mind. But, but somehow we have to try to, that's what is about, to recreate this, to, to revive this in ourselves and our children. And that only works when you're immersed in a Jewish life, not when you're not when you're not when your Yiddishkeit is like part time. When your Yiddishkeit is is full time, and that it was very hard to try to convey that when I was talking on Shabbos, and and that that kind of that kind of Jewish life where every single thing, every single even even the way that we speak and everything that we do has something has has that gishmak in it of being a Jew. Now, I know it's, it's hard to recreate, and I wasn't talking about being European. Somebody came over to me and after and said, and said, my parents are not European, so how could I... I wasn't talking about that you have to, you know, Dafke have European parents or to come from that experience. But, but even if you meet a Jew that grew up in New York in, in, in 1930, in 1940, 
the whole the whole person was saturated with Yiddishkeit, and there's a geshmak in being a Jew that that a person wouldn't trade for anything instead of instead of a feeling that many people have now that well I'm a, I'm just a person and then my Yiddishkeit is something that I also have to do and it's and it's a, and it's difficult for me to do, so that's what he says. You filter fish. Is that God can start doing? My his covenant. Elochid loyma b'zeh. So Tzimei says, "What did the Elochid? What did this religious man? What did he mean by saying this about you filter fish and nishmas? Who haya harim mufshut meilam hazeh? Rakshe kachbar who nasan tayra kadoshu avedus Hashem. She bechal darg who mali mesikus varebus in the imus. Obviously, this Elochid was not in the Swiss Alps, and he didn't care about the Swiss Alps." And he wasn't interested in going on a on a on a on you know Pesach Chassidish Shchita Nan Gebrachs ten star hotel with jacuzzi you know and 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 and, and so on and so forth and everybody but non Indian here shaitel shaitels uh, at your table only you know that wasn't his Indian that wasn't his Indian his Indian was that the Baruch Shalom gave us a Torah and the Torah is Mole Mesikus Farevus on the Emus. And the Torah is filled with sweetness and pleasantness. The Torah is filled with mesikus. The Torah is so sweet. There's no interest in any of these things. Certainly, as we learned last time, all beginnings are difficult. But Hashem promised that even though the beginning is difficult, but if you go through that difficult time in the beginning, and the beginnings can be, as we learned, the beginning is not only when you're 13 or when you're 12, pas mitzvah, pas mitzvah. Beginning means when, it, when you make that decision that your whole life is going to be Yiddishkeit. Not just that you're going to be a little bit of a Jew, but you're going to be a mamish a Jew. Every single second. So in the beginning it's hard. Because it's about that Hashem promise. But if you, if you break through that and you, and, you, and you persevere, then it's going to become sweet. This is something that we have to give to the children. We have to we have to give this to the children. That the Baruch on the same way that Kesh when Hashem gave us the Torah, that Hashem revealed. That even though the beginning is always going to be aschalus kashis, is always going to be hard. Every child has to know that in life there's always, always all beginnings are difficult. All the aschalus are kashis. And we have to try to give our children the kaychas to be able to fight, to be able to make it through all of their little battles and all of their big battles, the Muhammad's. And to guide the children how and what to do. The children have to be told over and over to understand that when you're beginning to learn, the boy is beginning to learn Mishnah, he's beginning to learn Gemara. We see that once a person, when a person, when when a, when a man, when a boy, when he sits down and he and he goes through that, he, he, the difficult is difficult in the beginning. But once he gets once he gets into the Gemara, it's hard for people who are not learning Gemara to understand how you could be so much sugar over these books, right? That you see people, nobody can understand how do people get so crazy over these big Gemaras that they're sitting mamish day and night, twenty hours a day. They can't. They give up everything in this world to sit on a Gemara. 
And for people who are outside, they say, like, what, could, what is it? What's so interesting there? That's why, that's why a lot of the, the, the women, a lot of the girls, they get annoyed that they, how come they're not learning Gemara? Nobody's teaching the Gemara. They want to learn Gemara. It looks like it's really interesting. The guys get, the guys really get into it, right? But then you talk to, you talk to a lot of the guys, and you say the word Gemara, they start to turn white. Gemara, oh, that was, let's not, let's not talk about that, right? Talk about parasha, that's okay, but don't talk about Gemara with me. And then you and then you got the whole Kiyat the whole Bnei Brak, all Yishalayim, and 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 all different Chumas Kanayin Ahari Yeshivas and Kolim and and Bachrim and all the people that that, that that you have people that they go to work all day and all the all they're waiting for is that they should have an hour that they can learn the Gemara to learn a Dafyomi. You can go, it's so sweet. There's nothing that's more beautiful, that's more sweet than a page of Gemara. There's the most it's the sweetest thing that is on the entire earth. But when you start learning Gemara. You can go crazy because the haschol is cautious, and most precious things in life, kol is cautious. It's like that in marriage also. Maybe those who are married already for a while, they probably don't remember or they don't want to remember. Those who were not yet married, I don't want to scare anybody. But kolas kolas kashas the first the first year. So they talk, they, you know, like you get speeches before the chas and shana shana shana. You think like shana shana. Oh, sounds like this whole big thing shana It's a difficult time. Kolas kolas kashas has cholas two people to get used to each other, to learn how to give to one another, to learn how to to learn how to build build a life with each other. Uh, it's kolas kolas kashas. Some people have their fatah. 15 haschalas along haschalas but haschalas cautious but then afterwards if you really really work hard and you daven a lot and you work at it so then it's it, like Hashem's rock promise that it's going to be sweet it's going to be the sweetest thing in the world so all those people what happens is nowadays everybody comes into marriage and they want that it should be sweet immediately it should be sweet right away same way when people come into, into learning Torah they want everything should be good right away everything should be good right away but it's not like that. There's a cloud. It's kolas chalas kashas. And the Sadiqim say that somebody once said to one of the rabbis, Rabbi, I, st- I started, you know, I'm doing this, and I find, like with the learning, and I find that it's kivaldu. I didn't have any problem with kolas chalas kashas. So the rabbi said, that's because you really didn't even start. Mm-hmm. It must be that you didn't start. Because kolas chalas kashas. If everything comes easy, it means you didn't begin. Kolas chalas kashas, it's hard. But Hashem's Baruch promised that it's going to become good. If you work at it, it's going to become good. It's going to come, but you have to accept it. It has to be really, really, it has to be something which is complete. And, and, and especially in America, especially in America where, where nobody wants to have any difficulties. There can't be any difficulties. You can't walk down the block for a bus. You can't. You, you can't have to. You, you, you can't get out of out of the car if it were possible to drive through the grocery and to have just like, like, like as you're driving the trunk open things to just like you know. I'm sure they have this eventually that you'll have like a, a program and you'll just drive through and they'll go bing 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 and it'll fall into you and then you get home and and everything will just by itself and there's no and you know the, you know, the, the whole amelus and 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 your gear. The Halamelis and Yegiya, there's, there's, a, there's a little girl that I know recently, she got married, she comes from a very wealthy home, and, and, and the parents bought her right away, bought her and her, and her new husband, such a house that it's hard to believe, uh, you know, such a house, uh, uh, newlyweds, mamish, they never had an apartment, they just had this house, and, and, the, and her mother sent along also a living maid in the house. To live, so I say, what a gewaldige thing! I look at that and I say, all Jews should have comfortable and easy. But I'm thinking, it's going to be very, very hard to, to, for, for her. It's going to be very hard for her in life, because 
You could you could have mommy mommy and daddy bought you a big house. Mommy and daddy sent you a girl to clean for you and to cook for you. But mommy and daddy can't settle the arguments that you're going to have with your husband at one o'clock in the morning when no one is there, and you can't bring in your you can't bring in your maid to to, to talk to your husband. You take care of him, or you can't or you can't pay someone you can't pay someone to to to, to sit with a child. Although people try to do that too, to have other people raise their children. Hashem yirachim. And, and we're, we're, we're growing up in a society where, where we, we're trying to eliminate the whole Indian of Kalas Kalas Kashas. We don't want any, we don't want any Kashas. We don't want anything should be hard. Kalas Kalas Kashas. We don't want that. And I, and, and I grew up in a house that whenever there was a possibility of something, even though my, my parents, thank God, they, they had whatever they needed to provide for us, but my father, whenever it was a choice, how could it become, how could we do this in a way that would be easier for Maisha or harder for Maisha? My father always opted, make it harder. <laughs> that was his thing. Make it harder. And if there's ever a question of driving or walking, walk. And and I always felt like, why do I have to, you know, my other friends, my friends, why do I have to, what, because my, cause like my, because they didn't have a car like in Europe or something, so I have to, well, why can't I just, uh, you know, why can't I, why can't I drive? What is this? <clears throat> my father used to tell me because he, because he, he it, 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 it means too much to you. If you wouldn't care so much about driving, then I wouldn't bother me. But I see to, you take it too much for granted. It's better for you to walk. And these were things that, that my sister and I grew up hearing kiss say that. And, it, and we never, never were put at risk by those things. We always felt the love of my father. And even though I, I didn't under, always understand, but I felt that he was that he was trying to he was trying somehow to sustain a way of a way of raising children that that is that is slow that is quickly. I don't know how quickly, but it's, it's disappearing. It's slipping away. And I mean, Mela, like we were learning about last time, to have a Gishmak in Yiddishkeit, to have a Gishmak in Yiddishkeit, to, that one's Judaism, one's Yiddishkeit should be, when, when really to be a Jew, you have to go through such a hard, hardships of Kalas Chalas Kashas. And Chalas Kashas doesn't mean that you, got, that you got stuck someplace, you know, your flight, you didn't get your connecting flight, and you had to spend, you had to spend Shabbos, you know, you had to spend Shabbos someplace uh, along the way. It's not, that's not called Chalas Chalas Kashas. Chalas Chalas Kashas means, it means struggling with the Yitzhahara. It, mean, it, means, it means everything is with davening and is with learning. How children have to, have to be told this from the beginning. That Yiddishkeit is not something which, which at the beginning right away is, is necessarily so gishmak. But it's something of a Yeshashamikan vahali ya'arv lechem. But it, it, will become, it will become so beautiful that we could be like that elechi that said to the non-religious person that there's nothing that's more, that there's nothing that's as delicious to me as the grilled fish on Friday night. And there's nothing as wonderful to me as, as, uh, uh, as a nishmas kolchai, as a nishmas kolchai. I was once, I was once many, many years ago. I, I, I went into a Bismarck, I was in Yerushalayim, and I went to a Bismarck early. Uh, very early on, on Shabbos morning, and the only one that was there was the Rebbe. There was a big tzaddik. He's not alive anymore. Big, big, big Yushalmi tzaddik, and he was sitting. He didn't see me. He was sitting all the way in front, and his shamus was his shamus was on the side saying Tilim. And the Rebbe was the Rebbe was saying Tilim. And I was sitting. Well, I was a, a bacher. I was I was maybe 18, 19 years old, and I was sitting all the way in the back on the side, and I heard the Rebbe saying Tilim. It must have been. It must have been. Maybe five o'clock in the morning, and the Rebbe was saying to him, "I think about that every day. I never heard such a sweetness in my life. The mesikus of, of the nigan of how he said to him, and how and how and every and every little while he would say, 'I zisa tati.' He would say, 'Sweet father, sweet father.' I never heard anything like it in my life. 
Zisa Tyrese and my sweet precious father Ay, the way he spoke to Hashem I never heard anything like it it, 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 it put my heart on fire when I heard such a thing and he didn't come to that I'm sure right away it didn't come easy for him it doesn't come easy for anybody it's but then it becomes sweet but Hashem promises like we said that story from Rabbi Nachman but after the Mar right after the Mar right at the Seder table right after you have the Mar then comes the good meal after the Mar comes sometimes there's a little bit of a break you know when it comes to life but after the Mar there'll be the Shulchan Aruch then there'll be the delicious stuff we have to repeat this now children have to hear this from us all the time how wonderful Yiddishkeit is how gewaltig it is to be Jewish but if our children see that the mitzvahs are hard for us if the children see that davening is a burden to us this is why I've said it a thousand times I'm sorry for being so repetitious if the children see that the fathers don't really want to go to shul that the fathers go to shul late the father tries to get out of going to shul or that you have this new thing nowadays that, that, you, that I was talking in the Chabura a few weeks ago that you see now that, they, that people don't want to walk to shul anymore you have men that they start, they start minyanim in all different neighborhoods on the, on the block that the block has to have a minyan I'm not talking about where people live far away from shul but people shouldn't live far away from shul sometimes people can't afford to they live far away from shul I'm talking about where people, people move into a place and Friday night they dive it on their block and what does that mean on the Shabbos Minchat to daven in the block? Is it such a sin? I'm not saying it's a sin. What, is it, what does it mean? What do the children see? Why are we davening in somebody's living room? Why are we davening in someone's living room? You have a shul. A shul is a holy place. A shul is a holy place. A shul was, was made as a mocking field that the British Romans Jews to come to daven in the shul. I'm not talking about the women. I'm talking about the men on a Friday night. So why do they, why they have to go on the block? So the children learn to, the children grow up thinking that if I have to walk to shul more than two blocks, more than more than ten minutes, it's it's a, it's already a burden for me. Or if it's raining, you got the shuls where it's raining that half the island is not there on a Friday night. What does that mean? There was no such a half a minute by our grandparents, by our parents, by our grandparents that what that 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 that, that, that something gets in the way of going to shul. But if the children grow up seeing, if the children grow up seeing that that what that, that going to shul is hard, and that to daven is hard, and to learn is hard, and the girls grow up seeing that for the mother, that the mothers are constantly complaining about yontiv, oh it's yontiv, it's yontiv, it's a three day yontiv, oh what did God do to us? He took us out of Egypt and he gave us all these problems, and the girls grow up hearing this and being and feeling that Yiddishkeit is a burden instead of feeling that Yiddishkeit is the most wonderful, exciting thing. So the children, so then they grow up with this burden of Yiddishkeit. It is a burden. And the natural, the natural thing of a person is not to want to have a burden. And like we learned last time, especially since nowadays there's so many exciting things that are around, that are available for the children. And, and everything about Yiddishkeit it seems to be like heavy and, and a burden and difficult. And they don't see, they don't hear the mothers making the brachas out loud. But, but, but they hear them having conversations on the phone. Oh, they could hear mommy on the telephone from three blocks away. And uh, did you hear this? And did you hear that? And what's going to be with this shidduch? And what's going to be with that shidduch? And what's going to be? And when are we going here? When are we doing this? And when are we doing that? There's such animation and excitement. But when it comes to, when it comes to Nash, you should be a shluft. She could barely say Nashua. And he asked her why. She says, it's hard. Life is hard. I'm busy with children. But, but she, could talk, she could talk about other things with such a slavas and such a chiyas. But when it comes to davening, the children see that when it comes to, when it comes to shopping, mommy has kaychas 
24 hours, you don't rely on Mamiska. When it comes to shopping, she has no hischaches, she has no kaiches, no matter how many sales she's been through, she has no kaiches. No matter how many things, she has no kaiches. But when it comes to davening, you say, what's the matter, Mamiska? You know, they, they don't say that, but they see the mother's, uh, the mother says, she doesn't have time for Shuman Ezra. She doesn't have time for Shuman she doesn't have time for creation. How many times this happens? You don't have time for creation. If you want this time, I'm not talking about when there's a newborn baby, obviously. But when a person when a person wants to this time, it's all a question of what's important. The children see what's important. They understand what's important and what makes their parents happy, what they love, what the parents enjoy. If it's the Torah, the Friday night table, the Shabbos table, or the Torah is just a perfunctory thing, let's get it over with. And if it's more than 30 seconds, and everybody starts to look at the watches. You know, to look that he's saying that he's saying that the Torah is too long, or the kid's going on for an extra five minutes, and I'm supposed to get a nap. So then, 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 then this is... So this is what's happening. This is what we're surrounded with. The next page, it says that the Torah should be, like it says in Parshish Mishpat, the Torah should be put before like a Shulchan Aruch, like a set table, meaning that, that, that we, should, we should see that children should grow up feeling how important and how, how special it is. That the children should feel what a geschmack there is in a yantiv. How special a yantiv is. How exciting a yantiv is. The schools are trying very hard to do that, but it has to be in the home also. I, I, you know, I'm sure those, those who grew up in yeshiva, those who went to yeshiva now, I mean, I think back, and that special feeling that we had in school, when, when it was Hanukkah, and the special songs of Hanukkah, and, and, and we had like an assembly for Hanukkah, and, and in the house, in the house, the Hanukkah smell in the house, and the Hanukkah ruach in the house. It's so important. And it's not anything that could be in a book. That's why I was talking so much about Pesach, that the generation in the more affluent neighborhoods, the, gener- the kids are growing up, many, many of the kids are growing up without, without the Gishmak of Pesach. What are their associations going to be with Pesach? And, I, and there's no way that this could be emphasized. And I know, I, again, I've spoken about this a million times, and it seems so not nice of me, because there's so many people in this area that go to hotels, and I'm not talking about, again, I always say, I'm not talking about the situations where otherwise the family can't be together and grandparents, I understand, I'm not saying. I'm talking about Stam, to make life easier. So what's, what's going to be, the whole tachas of being a Jew is that the children shouldn't, should see that it's hard to clean for Pesach, but it's Gishmak. To be an Eved Hashem. When do we have an opportunity to be slaves for God, to be servants of God? When, what's our Avdus Hashem? One of the only opportunities we have is Pesach. Otherwise it's not such a big deal anymore. We're not walking to Yerushalayim for the Shalosh Regalim, you know. We're not going up to the mountain or anything like that. We're not schlepping a carbonus on our backs. What do we have to do that's so hard? What's so hard? Do we, we have to take off your Are we kidding? That's so hard? What do we have to do that's so hard? But we had one thing that was left. It was called Pesach. And that's also going. It's also gone. It's disappearing. The Pesach means packing a car and driving away. That the children don't even see what it means. Three weeks, a month before, worrying, the mother worrying, and, 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 and the shopping, the shopping. So it's a big, it's, it's, it's a kalas kalas When you think about Pesach, the shopping for Pesach. It's a special thing too. It's a special thing to go shopping for Pesach. And to, and, and to, buy, and to buy the mother. And it's a special thing to go to the store. It's a special thing to load up the car. It's a special thing to unload the car. It's a special thing to, to, to cashier the kitchen. To have the smell of Pesach in your kitchen. Instead of what? Instead of going someplace and somewhere in the face. But this, and this is the one thing that we had to show the Barishon that we, that we are servants. We serve you. We'll do anything for you. What do you have to do, Shavuos? you have to eat a piece of cheesecake? 
What's the difference to stay up at night? The men are crouching. You have men that most of them are going to lose. Don't, don't, don't stay up the whole night. And they're walking around. A lot of the men dragging around. Some of them are learning. A few, yeah, a few not. But they, you know, they have watermelon, the tea. Well, the whole thing is not. It's really, it's not such a big deal. I know they tell you afterwards they can't, they can't help with the children for the next month or something. But it's not just. It's the big deal. It's not such a big deal. It's not such a big deal to stay up a few hours. It's so hard, and they get plenty. And the next day is just for fun. It's so hard. It became shulis night. What's the whole? What's the whole? What's the whole thing was shulis. Was it's hard shulis? And what sukkah? What sukkah? I was sukkah. I, uh, I was last year, two years ago. I was in the parking lot. We went to uh, what's it called over there? The army. The you know on the way upstate. What's it called? Not West. Yeah, West Point. So we went with the children. So there's somebody in the parking lot. He came out and he took out from his trunk a sukkah. He went like this. He went whoop, and it was a little sukkah, like this. Whoop. So it's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's an adorable thing. It's a cute thing. I understand. And this way they could sit down there and they could have the, they could have you know their designers. It's nice. Everything's on the cheshbon of something else. The, the the when I remember when the prefabricated sukkah came out and and. Uh, Prefabricated. So my, so my father, my father said, no, this is ready. This is not good." So I said, "What do you mean, Daddy? This is great. Fifteen minutes. You have a sukkah." My father, so my father tried to explain to me what it was the sukkah back home in the Haim. What was the sukkah, and and how special it was to have the little evergreens falling into your soup. <laughs> that now we have only the you know the the mats. So my father still insists on putting, by the way, he still puts, he, he has a mat, he doesn't have a mat, he has bamboo poles. But he, he always puts, between the bamboo poles, he puts pieces of, of uh, from the tree, that it should still fall. He puts pieces of tree. That, that, what does that mean in the, in the gishmak of, of, of building the sukkah and being together, and the family putting it together, and, and, and the excitement of seeing it, you know, Go up and fall down and trying to get this wall to stand and this wall's a little crooked and you try to nail it into the... Again, these, it sounds like it's a crazy thing, but oh, but, but it's the gishmak of, of the haschalas and kashas of being an evid Hashem, of being God's servant. And, this, and, and, and so the ikka, really the, the main avdis that we have now in being servants of Hashem is fighting with the Yetzirah. But it's very hard to fight when a person is not used to being a fighter and anything that required a fight is not good. We don't want to fight. We like everything to come easy. So how do you fight with the Yetzirah? The Yetzirah you can't win. Even if you have a maid, you still have a Yetzirah. doesn't help. The maid doesn't help you with the Yetzirah. So what are you supposed to do? So we're not used to fighting. And if you, and anything that came, you know, that anything that comes to a person easy, it's very hard that he should have a gishmak. It's very hard that he should have, that he should have a deep pleasure in something that came easy. Those, those Jews, until they came to the piece of gefilte fish Friday night, it was hard. So they got to a piece of kifil fish right now. It's hard. And and what it was like for, again, I'm not suggesting that we don't have bakeries, but what was it like for our, our grandmothers? And, and my mother, when she, was a, when she was growing up, what was it like to have a challah? A baruch Hashem, there's a, a lot of the women tried to do that. But but the food and how, to, it was very hard. It was very hard, but it was deeply, deeply, deeply appreciated. And it was deeply loved. And it was such a, a ruach. That's what he's saying. Lahashri says a yontif kol yad lefigilo. Each child according to his age. Lahashri says a geshmak v'amesikah sheish b'tahara. The geshmak, how wonderful, and the sweetness of tahara, of pureness, of how good, how beautiful, how wonderful it is to be pure. Haniimus v'harevish sheish belishbar mida. 
What does it mean to break a midah? So everybody thinks if somebody has a bad temper and he has to try to break that midah of having a bad temper. So again, it's very, very hard. Nobody wants to do it. But is there anything that's more wonderful when a person begins to have control of himself? I don't want to ask this question. I don't know if any of you have ever been on a diet in your lives. Maybe, probably. So, so you know that it's a very, very hard thing. It's such a hard thing. But you know, but you also know how good it feels when you feel it, when you have the strength to, to look at it and, to, and, to, and not to and not to have to go after it. And how bad you feel every time you put your face back into the layer cake, and you feel like I'm I'm, I'm pushed like I'm not a human being, but I, I I I feel so disgusting, and I don't feel comfortable, and I don't look the way I want to look, and I don't and I can't wear what I want to wear, and and I and I and I'm not in control of myself. So you say, so then you should diet. So then you have to you have to try you have to try to hold back. And it's hard, it's so hard, but you know that when you do it, it's so geschmack. It's such a geschmack to, it's, it's anybody that ever did that knows, and I know this is going to sound very radical, it's infinitely more geschmack than having a layer cake. It's not having it. Even though that, that sounds crazy. When you're in it, it sounds crazy. How can you mean the most geschmack thing is the piece of layer cake or the ice cream? Right? No, what's much more geschmack is to be able to, is to want it very badly and not have it and to fit into the dress, no? And to feel good about how you, and to feel good about the koyach that you have, that you, that your life is in control, you're not, you're not out of control. But all the kids hear about it, all that they think about it is it's so hard, it's so hard, any bad meat that I have, but the gishmak, the mesikus, how delicious and sweet it is when you break through a bad meat. When you, when someone gets you, when someone gets you upset, I have one of my children, uh, all my children should be well, there's one child that knows exactly how to press buttons, I don't know if you have, it's like this kid, this, 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 it's unbelievable what to say, how to say, and and I, I find that I, that it's a constant, constant struggle. You know, like I feel like you know, and, and, and I, I have to walk out of the room and have to come back and try all different things and the you know breeze and and, and then try to chazam my head and say, show them all different things. It's just a constant. The other children, they're so pressured. But this child is like mamish and those are the kids that you have the biggest gishmak from. Afterwards, but it's a mulchama every day's mulchama. So, so it was it was a particular uh, Pesach time was a particularly particularly difficult Indian, and this child was mamish making it very 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 hard, and 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 I and I had I had lo- what they call lost I, I lost control of myself uh, at night one night before I had lost control and I was upset and, and afterwards I felt bad you know and I went and he was. Sleeping, I kissed him. He was sleeping. I felt bad about it, and then I was then I and I had to talk to him about the, about this touchy Indian, and I was macabre myself. I was macabre myself that no matter what, I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to let it get to me. I was macabre, and I prepared, and I said, "Tell him I really am not." It. And I was macabre upon myself, and 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 um, and my wife said, "She, I said, I'm so she said, I'm so impressed, my child, you know." I, you know that I sat listening to the craziest stuff that was coming out from his mouth for two hours. It was crazy stuff, you know, like really, like crazy. And and and, and I was just like talking about it and trying to explain. And 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 you know how I felt afterwards. And and he and, and then and then didn't get into an ugly thing, into an argument, and and and, and worked out. And he said he'll try. And then, and you know I gave him a kiss. And then and then and when I, and I when I went upstairs, I said. I said, Gewalt, there's nothing that's more there's nothing that's more delicious on earth than breaking a bad midah, than overcoming a bad midah. There's nothing that's more delicious than not getting angry. 
than being, than, than being in control and saying the things that, that you should say instead of saying the things that afterwards you feel so bad and you regret saying that to say the things that you should say and to overcome and to overcome a kpeda a, a, a not to have a kpeda it's such a good feeling but you know somebody said something and, and you could get really upset about it and instead and, and instead you, you know you try to think to be done like about why the person and, and try to figure out a way to look at it in a good way and then afterwards you, you, you see the person and you still love the person you feel good about the person there's no, that's what it means to fill the fish on Friday night. There's, there's nothing in the world like that. What does a guy understand about that? I can't understand what that means, Bakhlal. What does it mean to. I, it's hard. So you say it would be so much better if I didn't have to live with a God that, that told me I'm in such trouble for everything. It would, it, my life would be so much more gishmak if I could do what I want and say what I want and go where I want and do what I want. If it's so gishmak, then how come I'm just jumping off of roofs and overdosing? It's not gishmak. The biggest gishmak in life is to is to be in, is to be an eved Hashem. Is to be an eved Hashem. I'm the abd of the kudshibrich, that I'm a servant of the Shalom. And and it's hard to understand how could something be hard and be good, because now in America that's like a tattoo disaster. It's a contradiction. Being hard and being good can't go together. But anybody that goes to train for a football team, anybody that goes to try train for a basketball team, that's all they're telling the kids. That's all they're telling the kids. I remember that I wanted to play on the basketball team in high school. I used to be a good ball player, and I wanted to play on the team. It was a big thing to be on the basketball team. It was a house of a thing. So, so I liked playing basketball, running up and down, shooting and jumping, all that stuff. So then, so then it came to the tryouts, and I tried out, and I got, I got into the team. So it was a big thing, so much COVID, you know? Then, then the first week, so they have to come twice a week to, to like... Uh, Work out. So he had us running around the building ten times, the yeshiva ten times. By the fifth time, I said, "What from the shiva? I came to play baseball. I'm coming to make hot coffees around hot coffees. I go to the start of the shul, making hot coffees around the building." And I came and I, and I said to my parents, "I said, so my father what's going on with the baseball?" I said, ah, it's not basketball. It's mishug. I have to make laps around the building." And 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 I didn't know. And my father said, "You're a baby," and he was right. Because because the, 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 the gym teacher was saying the, the coach of the team is you, you are babies and calls calls cautious and, and, and what do you think? You're just gonna throw a ball around, you have to get yourselves into shape and you have to be disciplined, you have to whatever it means to work out. There's a lot of things that go into that. There's a seichel that goes into that too. It's not so partial with the team. There's a seichel that goes into into a person working out and, and being trained in such a way. But nobody wants that. I just want to be able to, to get baskets and to, and to have some little girlfriend in the audience saying, Hey, Maish, that's all you want to have. <laughs> what do you do? Want to, nobody told me about doing laps and about you know, push-ups and sit-ups. I'm like, crazy, exercising, I'm okay. I'm, I, those days I was very skinny. I don't have to do any push-ups and sit-ups. Let me just give me a basketball. I'll get it in. No, you have to do all this and do that. And I didn't understand. Like, what is this? It's cautious, cautious, cautious. It's like with everything in life. And... and, and, and and we can understand from dieting, we can understand from playing ball, that it's a marshal, everything's a marshal of serving Hashem. What does it mean? Everything's a marshal. <coughs> so that's what he says, the, the fifth, sixth line. And he was, How to, to give over to the children that there's nothing that's more gishmak than not saying something that you shouldn't say. Holding back and not to say the wrong thing. To, to hold back and not to not to have a tiny against somebody, to be upset with people. This is the tachlis of being a Jew in the world. 
The tachas of being a Jew. The Vilna Gaon says this. The Rabbi Sadi he brings down. There's all that Sadiqam said. The tachas of being a Jew is to be able to what? To be Avdi Hashem and to, and to be able to hold back from those things that we feel like doing. We don't do them because there's a Baran Shalom. To teach our children that the sweetest thing is what is to give in to somebody else. Isn't that the opposite of everything that they're being told on television? The sweetest thing is to be victorious. The sweetest thing is to win. The sweetest thing is to put someone down. The sweetest thing is to is, is, the sweetest thing is to is when you're having an argument, to, to walk away from an argument feeling feeling that you won the argument. And by being a Jew, just the opposite, the sweetest thing in the world is when you know you're 100% right, and you're mavata, and you say, okay. And you don't have, and not that you tell it was, all right, even though I'm right, it's okay, I give it. It's okay, you do, let's do it your way, even though you know I'm right. That's not called vitur. Vitur means making the person feel that he's right, that she's right. Even though you know that you're right. So then, in America, that's a weakness, and in, 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 in modern ta- in modern in the modern world, that's seen as something which is very very dangerous to the development of a personality. And the Torah says it's the biggest biggest thing to becoming a Jew. She says, "There's no greater happiness than giving in to someone. Giving in and giving in doesn't mean to make yourself a shmat. I'm not talking about something unhealthy. There's no greater happiness than being mevater, being mevater, giving in, compromising." Morale says that you know how it's possible to have a child. Morale says because the husband gives in and the wife gives in, and then through the giving in, they both contribute, and then you have a baby. Morale says such a thing. It means that sometimes the husband feels like it has to be his way, and sometimes the wife feels like it has to be her way. And because of that, each one is living in his world, and she lives in her world, and there's a wall between them because it has to be like me, and she has to be like her. Then you can't have children, he said. Vahoyla means when he gives in and she gives in, then from that giving in, they have a baby. It's, an, it's, it's a very deep thing. It's a very deep tire. To be mevata. There's nothing that's more holy than that, than giving in and making the other and making the other person feel good. This is something we have to we have to be mashpia to talk to the children about and show them this in our lives, how we live this way that we're mevata with other people that they see that we don't have this if a, if a child goes up hearing the parents complaining all the time about other people, or somebody, or somebody parked a half an inch in your driveway, and the parent and, and they hear the father mother going around for, uh, I can't believe it, I'm going to go park in his driveway, and, and all these different diburim of narishkai, all the hakpadis and all the things in the narishkai and klanikai, and 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 the, the children grow up, they they grow up with hakpadis and they grow up seeing that that, that what that, that, that there's no need to hold back from saying something. It's like that with everything and every mitzvah. Tremendous pleasure. And if the children are having a tremendous feeling of accomplishment in their self-control, and they have a tremendous feeling of pleasure in their Yiddishkeit, then they don't have to go looking in strange places. They don't have to go looking in, in strange places. <coughs> For, to get some pleasure, the greatest pleasure that a person can get is from is from doing the right thing, is from being the person he should be. Vada shakala daber. says, look, it's easy, obviously it's easy to talk about these things. The shasmai says, When it comes down to the shasmai, when it comes down, when it comes down to life itself, of course, it's much harder to apply these things. That the children should grow up seeing these things. But what you, we understand what he's saying is that the greatest shmira, the greatest way to protect our children and to keep them within Yiddishkeit, 
is that, is that they should feel that there's nothing that's more satisfying to them than being Jews. But if there are things that are more satisfying to them than Yiddishkeit, if indulging is more satisfying than holding back, so then, then they're going to learn to indulge, and they're going to resent God who's always telling them not to indulge. And they're going to resent their Rebbe who tells them not to indulge. And they're going to resent the Svan that tell them not to indulge. Because it seems to me outside that all the that it's just that the whole Torah, the whole Yiddish guy is saying, "Don't do this, don't do this, don't do that," and the kid doesn't see anything, anything, anything that, that that's positive or that's enjoyable. And if that's all the kid he is in being a Jew, so then it's very, very dangerous. He says, even though it's hard, but Hashem's Baruch wants us to work at this. Certainly we have to daven a lot. And we have to always ask Hashem for help. But at least if we know this, and we review this all the time in our minds, and in our hearts, and we talk to our husbands, our wives, we talk to each other about this great shmir of what of the children seeing in us how Yiddishkeit is the most precious thing, and seeing that Tikkun Amidus and that davening is the most important thing, and that learning is the most important thing. It says in Pasuk, that means that a person's the greatest joy that fills a person is es panecha, which means seeing Hashem's face, being close to Hashem. And the greatest ni'imus, the greatest pleasantness in life, is to be attached to Hashem. When a person feels that Hashem's Baruch is looking at him, that Hashem's Baruch is smiling upon you, then he's not going to, God forbid, look for things regarding which it says in the Zohar Kodesh that, the, that, the, that that person, the Shechina, that Hashem turns away from the person. Why would a person, if the greatest pleasure that a person has is having a relationship with Hashem, then he wouldn't want to do something that, that he knows would cause Hashem to look away from him, that cause Hashem to look away. Why would a person want to look at something on the internet, or look at something in a movie, or to God forbid, go somewhere, that, that now... Parents are growing up in constant fear and terror. What's my kid doing? What's my kid looking at? What's my kid watching? What's my kid? What's my kid doing? You don't know what your kid is doing, because because they're being so tempted by all of these things. If the child would grow up feeling that there's nothing that's more enjoyable than, than having a relationship with Hashem, and that Hashem's Baruch is looking at me, and that if I look at this, if I look at this television show, if I look at this book, if I look, God forbid, at this magazine, at this picture, then the Shekhin is going to turn away from me, and that's the most unpleasant thing, the most horrible thing. The greatest pleasantness, the Ne'imus, the greatest pleasantness in a person's life is what is that closeness to Hashem, that Hashem should always be by your right side. It means real pleasantness. Real pleasantness, as we learned last time, is not pleasantness that turns sour over time. The things of this world, the things of this world, that in the beginning, in the, in the beginning, they seem to be so unbelievably wonderful and so unbelievably uh, exciting. But the way the way of this world is that, that, that those things turn sour after time. Let, let, I just want to finish this this ice. Can we have another five minutes? Is all right? Just five more minutes. I mean, if you have to go, I'll go. But but um, skip to where it says the next the next column. V'chein. Is he just is mechazid? V'chein kol mashu. You see it? V'chein kol mashu shemistadlam lahachnas the bayis l'makom Torah liyeshiva. 
to whatever degree we're able, we, we work hard to try to bring into the house, into the yeshiva, as the great menucha. Menucha doesn't mean rest. The menucha here means the great feeling of serenity, of stability, hashalva, peacefulness, and simcha. And joy, there has to be that, that needs to be in a Jewish home, not to have the tension, but to have a simcha in the house. It's a place of the shechina. Malkam beis hamikdash. It's like my own. My house is like as we learned at the beginning. It's like a beis hamikdash. A commercial beis hamikdash. Shayim mesayis kol haaretz. David Melech said the beis hamikdash was the joy of the entire earth. And we learned this already. That when a child comes into his house, he has to feel that there's the mesayis kol haaretz. There's the joy of the. There's the joy of the entire earth. I was just talking to. I was talking to somebody today. Who was telling me that that the children told her. Once that the children once said that that if, that if daddy's home, before you get home, before you get home, daddy's always uh, uh, more nervous and tense. But the second mommy, the second mommy walks into the house, daddy's happy and calms down. He feels better. It's a gewaltige thing that the children see such a thing. Not that he should be, not that he's crazy. He's wonderful, but but that they see that the, that that there's such a love and there's such a there's such a relationship between the parents. The children see that. The children feel that. Not when you have a home that when the second one comes in there's tension, but when the when the when the, when the husband comes home for kid when the husband comes home that this is simcha for the wife, and the house is filled with simcha, and the, then the house becomes like a base of this which is mesayis kol which is the joy of the earth. It says about the Beis Hamikdash that from the Beis Hamikdash light went out to the entire world. The Beis Hamikdash is a place that was filled with joy. A child has to come into the house and feel that no matter what else is going on in the world, when I come into my house, as we learned a few weeks ago, that when I come into my house, there's simcha. Even though it's school, something happened, or my friend, my friend insulted me. When I, when, I, when I cuddle up with my parents, when I come into my house, I come into a place that's kule ahava. So that no matter what happens anywhere else in life or in the world, I, know that I, I always know that I have this place and I have these people. And they make all those associations with their home and with the Yiddishkeit of the house. It says about my heart and my my eyes and my heart is there always. When a Jew used to walk into the base of Mikdash, he felt Hashem's eyes upon him. He felt Hashem's heart when he walked into the base of Mikdash. When a child walks into the house, he should feel his parents' eyes. He should feel his parents' hearts. He should feel the parents' warmth and the parents' attention. Same thing with the Rebbe in Yeshiva. He would feel the great love. When he walked into the Beis HaMikdash, he would feel the great love that Hashem had for him. This is what could be in every Jewish home. This is the way it should be. Whatever tiny drop that can be infused into the house, that it should be lichtig, it should be shining, it should be holy. And the yeshiva should be what? Should be should be shining, should be pleasant. That's the strongest, strongest power to protect the children wherever they go in the world. And just to finish this, and now we understand all of this. Now we understand in the beautiful teaching of Chazal, which means the oil and the and the and the hot and the hot beds that my mother gave me when I was little, they have stood for me in my old age. They have kept me going in my old age. What does that mean? 
the the you know, my, my mother used to sh- the mother used to smear with oil, you know, at the end of the bath. That that is kept to me by zaknusi. Zaknusi doesn't mean to be healthy. It means it's kept me being a Jew. What does that mean? Chazal kadoshim kachendach means a chazal cooking in this union. Cooking, and he always says that the fiery. Sheish bechinah shel devarim shaisu biadus shaisu biaduso mashchir and panav zaknusa chasushim chasusham. There are many things in life that because of experiences that children have when they're little, that God forbid, to the, till they're old people, their lives are dark and bitter because of things that happened when they were little. Avos shemen vechamish esarchali imi biadusi. But because of the because of what my mother did for me when I was a little child, the oil meaning the warmth, hachamimus the warmth of my mother, hamasikus the sweetness of my mother, sheheyeve shpiva bias aydehaim that comes in the house primarily because of the mother. That has kept the image of God that even now that I'm an old man, I'm still a God-fearing Jew. I've, I've remained an Elohim. You know why? Because when I was little, my mother's warmth, my mother's warmth. That's what it means, the hot bath. It doesn't mean just the bath. It means all that that means, the hot bath. I grew up in a house where my house was Kodesh Kadoshim. That's what it says in the davening on Mincha that Hashem will be like a fiery wall. We have to make walls for our children. No matter where our children walk in this world, there's a wall of fire that surrounds them, that protects them. What's the wall of fire? The fire of the mother's kisses, the fire of the mother's lullabies, the fire of the of the mother's warmth, and of the, of the davening in the house and the learning in the house. Aisha Hava, the fire of love. Aisha Taichai Rotsuf Hava, like it says about the Besamekdish, that the whole inside of the Besamekdish was built with love. Shayib Besamekdish, Vesha Baisi in a Jewish house, Vizachayma Misaviv. That is the wall that we build around the Besamekdish. That's the wall around Yushalayim. That's the wall that we're waiting for Hashem to build around Yushalayim. That's the wall around our children that we have to build. Hava, Gilia Hava, Shayish Besamekdish, Yachayma. That's the wall. Shazo Akruvim. That's when the Besamekdish, we had those two angels that they would look at each other with love, which symbolized the love between, one was a male one was a female that symbolized the love between Hashem and the Jewish people and we would come to the base of Mikdash and what and they would say that when we used to go up to the base of Mikdash on the three holidays of Pesach Sukkot we used to come up Pesach Sukkot we used to come to the base of Mikdash it says that the one time of those, that was the only time of the year and the three were gone they would open up the curtains and they would show the Kruvim over the, over the Aaron and they would show them that they would, what, that they would be looking at each other the, the Zohan and the Kevah, which is the male and female, which is a symbol of Hashem, as the Chosna, and the Jewish people is the Kala. And the, and the, and the Kahana, we call it Ruhi Basim Look how God loves you. Look how precious you are. That's what the Besa Mikdash is. And, and that's what every house has to be. Panim Panim Sometimes you're in school, you see a child in school that the child can't look at you when you talk. When you talk to a child, the child doesn't look at you in the eyes. The child's like this, like this, like that. Not that it's always a sign of problems, but very often it is. Because sometimes a child's not, there's something wrong with the child's not looking at people, pun by pun. Well, not too much of shyness, there's a common thing. No, but there's something, even when they're old, not looking, not looking, there's something not looking. There's a missing pun by pun. Something is wrong with the crew of them not facing each other, with the parents not facing each other, the parents and the children. This could be, it doesn't always mean, but, could, but there's such an Indian that Panam Bapanam, Ruchi Basmathamakim, will accrue Mahayapna Yelit. And Chazal tell us that the word Kruvim, Karuv, is from the word Kiravya. Aravya means a child. But those Kiruvim, like they say in English, the cherubs, they had faces like, like little children. A child has such a face. And, to, and, to, and, to, and the enemy of Panam Bapanam means to be able to feel that love. 
like a newborn child that pureness. How do you how do you bring children up in such a way of, of such pureness and holiness? That Hashem should protect them and keep them always pure and holy. When they grow up in a house that's filled with ahava, if they're able to be in yeshiva, it's filled with ahava. Face to face. Of course, we often mourn this because. You, sometimes you're trying as hard as you can in the house, but you don't feel that the kids are getting it in the yeshiva. But we can't blame everything on the yeshivas. The yeshivas are trying hard, and there's some wonderful, wonderful teachers, and very especially, especially in the younger years, with a lot of love. But it's it's hard to keep this in, in the yeshivas. Panim upon him, a teacher that knows how to say to a kid, you know, Hashem loves you. Hashem loves you so much. Hashem and the love between one Jew and another Jew. filled with joy with peace. And a house that's filled with good midas. That will protect the child because the child will always want to be like that. The child will always, always relate to that. The child will always see that this is the tachlis. This is who I want to be and how I want to be. And nothing in the world will seem to him not the Swiss. Alps and, and not the French Riviera and not, the, and not anything in the world would seem to be would be to him as geschmack as it wasn't the way it was in my parents' home. There's nothing that's more wonderful than it was for me growing up in my parents' home. And if it wasn't like that for all of us here growing up and many, and people here that have thoughts and memories that are not so pleasant, that the Hashem is brought we have to daven a million times that we should we should have the kachis that our children shouldn't should, shouldn't be brought up that way if we weren't brought up the right way and that our children should have only wonderful wonderful good memories to feel that warmth and to feel that love. This way they can stay pure like a, like a, a child that's a day old. This is whether it's during the week, not just on Shabbos, but during the week. Also, to feel this, if possible, to create in the house that there should be such a strong feeling. In Mitzvah Shem, two weeks from tonight, we'll finish the clips.